the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, this week, it'll keep money flowing to the military and avoid a government shutdown. Majority Leader Mitch McConnell says the U.S. military needs stable funding. The greatest military on Earth should not drift in uncertainty. He says the budget passed by the House on Thursday means no interruption in the funding needed for those in uniform. Service members deserve to deploy armed with state-of-the-art training and cutting-edge equipment. Especially at a time of growing international threats. And the nation as a whole deserves a global presence that is up to snuff. And McConnell says that means keeping the U.S. military on the cutting edge. Bob Agnew reporting. Authorities in New York City are searching for two shooters they believe opened fire at a community festival in Brooklyn last night. The shooting happened late and left one man dead, another person in critical condition, and 10 injured. This is SRN News. Dennis Prager believes Mueller's testimony was more of the same. Many Democrats are very unhappy with what happened. They were really looking forward to revive all of the lies that they have perpetrated with impunity. There's no guilt there. We've preoccupied the country with a collusion that never colluded. The Dennis Prager Show, weekdays at 11 on AM 1280. The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. Just past 1 o'clock here in the Twin Cities. Let's take a look at your forecast from the Great Plains Windows and Doors Weather Center. We got thunderstorms today and a high of 81 and a low of 65. And the best and longest running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities is right here on The Patriot. Join Mitch Berg and Brad Carlson of the Northern Alliance Radio Network every Saturday and Sunday afternoon at 1 p.m. because each week the Narn brings you the best in local, political, and conservative talk. Speaking of the Narn, the Brad Carlson Show gets started right now. Expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T minus three, two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280 The Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast. We'd like to call the closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning into the show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. If you'd like to leave us a tweet, feel free to do so. Just use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show on Twitter. If you'd like to weigh in on any of the subject matter we discussed today, and as always, we appreciate you uh, tuning in. A lot to get to, as there always is week in and week out. Always I always start the show with saying, a lot to get to. Well, there usually is, let's be honest. But uh, going to take most of this first hour to talk about the fallout from uh, Special Counsel Robert Mueller, his testimony before Congress this past week, 
And at one fifteen, we're going to have National Political Wonk Matt Makoviak on to talk uh, about the uh, fallout from Mueller's testimony. Uh, spoiler alert, impeachment is dead. And it's been dead for a while. Um, I think I think it was also there was a, it was a description also applied to communism where it was referred to as dead, but too dumb to lie down. And that's really what uh, the impeachment uh, aspect of this was. Democrats and progressive voters and whomever else were pinning their hopes that somehow, some way, Robert Mueller could deliver impeachment. There was one Christmas season they were selling candles with Mueller's likeness on them, like prayer candles. So, like pe- to praise the guy, to to hold a prayer vigil that he would come up with something to impeach Trump to have him removed out of office. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you. I say this a lot on the show, and it bears repeating, and I say this with no flippancy whatsoever. The 2016 election broke some people. I'm sorry. It broke some people. This is not normal behavior, what we are seeing. And I take no pleasure, no schadenfreude in watching people just self-destruct. And last this past week was... Excuse me while I get a drink of water. You can talk, Jason, while I get a drink here. Well, I was just going to say to your point, I mean, I know plenty of people because I was still in college when the 2016 election took place. Sure. And okay. I know people who literally r- let it ruin their year um, where they just – I mean, I already tried myself hard enough to, like, care a-, a ton about politics because I don't like the way people have ingrained politics into their identities with other people. It kind of bothers me because there's other things yep. about people that I like – that I like to focus on other than just politics, you know, and I, I know people who have recovered mildly and some people who have seen this president's presidency, not all for the, I guess, evil. And I'm doing air quotes, even though this is radio, you can't tell the evil that is right. President Trump. There's some people who have seen mild reason. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of Trump at, at all in any capacity. Um, but, you know, I'm willing to have a little bit of reason that, you know, there's some good things here, some bad things here. And I'm just I'm looking at it with a straight point of view. But I know people where it ruined their year, where you saw all the time on their social media for that year. It was just anti-Trump this, anti-Trump that. And I'm just like, man, don't you have other things that, that better to do than just that kind of? But um, and thankfully, I haven't seen that with a lot of some of the people that I know. They've kind of calmed down a little bit. But I guarantee you. That once the 2020 stuff starts picking up, I'm going to see that kind of stuff on my social media page a ton from these people. Well, I said at the time about it was about a month before Trump was officially inaugurated. So this would have been obviously the end of the year 2016, December 2016 time frame. Well, actually, it was in reaction to outgoing First Lady Michelle Obama saying, you know, I now feel like what it what it's like to have no hope because, you know, because her, when her husband was running for president, remember she said, you know, hope is making a comeback, and sure. for the first time in my adult lifetime, sure. I'm proud to be an American. Well, now, as Trump was about to take office, she says, I now feel like what it is to have no hope. And I just, I kind of put out a cryptic Facebook post basically saying, you know, if, if you believe uh, having hope in your life is predicated upon who is president, uh, I contend you're doing life incorrectly. And, yeah. you know, and again, I, I'm... My thing is, I thrived during the eight years of Obama. I vociferously opposed him both in 2008 and 2012 when he was running for president. He won both times. And, yeah, I was disappointed. But uh, it didn't ruin you. No, absolutely not. And, and, and again, this is this you're is an adult perspective. And, and here's the thing. If you, if you pin your hopes on elected officials, 
even if your preferred ones get in office, uh, I'm sorry, a lot of these same people are still seething lunatics, you know, because there so, there is someone that dares oppose the, uh, in the case of Obama, the light worker, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, so, anyways, that's another. I'm going down a different road here, but uh, you know, we're going to have Matt on in about ten minutes to talk about this. Knee. Uh, if you want to uh, check out what Matt had to say, uh, Mac on Politics That's M A C K Mac on Politics It's his page for not only his podcast, but his weekly Washington Times column. And he penned a column entitled uh, The Mueller Hearing An Unmitigated Disaster for Democrats. So you can get Matt's perspective, and he'll probably reiterate a lot of the things he posted in that piece. But I did want to kind of weigh in, uh, read a different piece at the New York Post. Uh, Kyle Smith, who is a writer for the National Review, uh, he had a piece at the New York Post where uh, he basically said that uh, the Mueller hearings marked a new low for Democrats. And I'll read a few excerpts of this. Uh, Democrats were hoping for Elliot Ness. Instead, Robert Mueller was their Grandpa Simpson. Feeble, forgetful, confused. Far from hurling thunderbolts at the White House, he seemed like a guy who would need to pause for a few seconds if called upon to distinguish his rear end, from his elbow. As James Freeman, resident wit of the Wall Street Journal, asked, did Robert Mueller read the Mueller report? Hopes could hardly have been higher for Mueller, the mighty matinee idol of justice who was going to rid the nation of Donald Trump, that this would result in the elevation of Mike Pence, who, if anything, is even more hated by liberals than the boss, at least Trump isn't religious, seems not to have occurred to anyone. If Trump somehow was able to cancel the coronation of Queen Pantsuit, it must have been a crime and it had to be punished. This was the damn dream that would not die. How short of expectations did Mueller fall? His appearance was the Al Capone's vault of political news. Uh, Just an aside, I actually watched the Al Capone's vault special back in 1986. I don't know if you ever heard about that. Geraldo Rivera hosted a show where they were going to open Al Capone's vaults, a secret vault. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And ended up being like an empty whiskey right, bottle. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I watched that live. Classic so. Capone. Indeed. So just a few months ago, this is how liberals saw him. Bob Mueller may as well have been Elijah, the prophet for whom Jews reserve an empty chair and cup, whose coming symbolizes the answers to all the world's remaining questions, read a dispatch from the Washington dinner party scene in the Washingtonian. Vogue called him America's newest crush. Portland Monthly said the hottest gift this season was a Robert Mueller devotional candle, which we were just talking about earlier. Old people lamented with their dying breasts that the thing they really minded was not getting to hear from Mueller. I I remember that, by the way. As this investigation dragged on and on and on and on, there were people on their deathbeds, and there were serious journalists, allegedly serious journalists, that were coming out and writing these think pieces, and I use think in scare quotes, that what a disgrace that they're depriving these dying Americans of the opportunity to read the Mueller report, to find out what's in the Mueller report, a potentially historic time in our country where it could result in the downfall of a president who was a Russian asset. This is something these old people deserve to be exposed to. I mean, seriously, it it, it got that crazy. That's insane. Yeah. Because I guarantee you there's a lot more going through your head on your deathbed than the issues that are going on with you would the president. Think, you would think. At least I, I would hope. Again, I talked about how much people have ingrained their identities with politics, and I'm 
nauseated by that. Sounds like classic projection on some of these people, but that's another story entirely. Uh, Mueller was the Democrats' prophet boyfriend, he, but he turned out to be a dud between the sheets, or rather the political nerd equivalent of that, the hot seat in front of Congress, which was the chair where Jerry Nadler inexplicably placed this tired and taciturn old man in the entirely fanciful hope he would turn out to be the Yoda of the resistance. He's some character, my congressman. Nadler is the sweaty guy at the poker table holding a two of clubs, a six of diamonds, a ten of hearts, a queen of spades, and a Domino's pizza loyalty card. Hee hee, he thought. I'll just bluff my way to the glory. Everybody at the table tries not to stinker as they clean him out hand after hand. Putting Mueller on the stand was the equivalent of Nadler suddenly putting his pads on the table under the mistaken impression that it was now a game of strip poker. So Kyle Smith, a uh, uh, hilarious piece at the New York Post, basically uh, uh, calling out the Dems for what this was. It was just a charade because it, Mueller had said when he was subpoenaed to testify before these congressional committees, he'd flat out said, I'm not going to go beyond the scope of what's in the report. You know, and it turns out he didn't even do that. He 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 couldn't even meet what was in the report, because when he was asked specific questions about what was in the report, it was almost as if he didn't know what they were talking about. It was insane. I have a question for you. It just popped in my head. Do you think that liberals and Democrats have been focusing too much on just trying to finally pin the nail on the Trump donkey, that it is negatively affecting their campaign strategy to find a candidate to potentially overthrow Trump? Yeah, I, I, you know, it's a fair question. I know this is something that they mention in every campaign stop, particularly the 20-some that are running, that are seeking the Democrat nominee for president. But now um, you've got plenty of leftists, lefty pundits, saying that impeachment's over. Focus on 2020. That's the only way you're getting rid of Trump now, is focus on 2020. So I think there's concern amongst lefty pundits that, yeah, they are pinning their entire strategy, campaign strategy, on impeachment, which now isn't going to happen. So, uh, you know, that's that's something that's negative, going to be a net negative. And, you know, it's not like Trump doesn't give him enough fodder outside of that. No kidding. I mean, this this is what I've never understood. <laughs> and I've talked about on the show the entire Trump presidency. Uh, he's been in office two and a half years now. Why do some of these networks, sometimes these, whether it's news outlets or TV networks, what have you, they will put out genuine fake news on Trump. Oh, look at this. The first, I think it was the first lady of Poland. They said snub Trump. Well, no, in actuality, she saw Melania extend her hand first to shake her hand, and she walked by Trump. Never even really saw him. But the way the picture was framed in some newspaper, it looked like she was snubbing Trump. You know, there, there are several examples like that where it was just petty stuff like that. It's like he gives you so much fodder with just his Twitter feed. Right. If you were a TV news show, you could literally just scroll the tweets yeah. he puts out every day without comment. Yeah, you don't have to be petty. You are I, choosing to be petty I don't because get this. he's petty. I, get, I mean, I get it. You're trying to fight fire with fire, but in this case, you're not going to put out the fire ever. Just, but I, but I, you, a tiger can't change its stripes. And I think the problem with the media is they had been used to bullying Republican political candidates, even you know presidents like George Bush, was an easy target because he would never hit back. George Bush would often shrug and say, "Well, that that's the part of having a free press," which 
to a certain extent, I agree, but a free press shouldn't go unchallenged right. by the American citizens either. Absolutely. And, you know, I agree that a sitting president shouldn't be calling out a free press like that. But at the same time, you understand why we got Trump is because a lot of people said, you know what? If they're just going to call a president a, a, a racist, a uh, someone who looks to undermine democracy, which George Bush was none of those, candidates Romney and McCain were none of those, but if they're going to continue to use that description, fine, we'll give you someone who actually kind of bears that description. I, I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and defend or, or, or pile on Trump as being a racist. I have disagreements in that area, but that's another that's another segment entirely. My point is. There are plenty of things to hit back on him on, but what the problem is with the economy so good and with Trump, the president, during a very good economy, they're concerned that people are going to give him all the credit, which I, I agree he deserves some credit, but all the credit, yeah, you know, King Banyan is a better one to uh, opine on that than myself about how cyclical things go, and a president may have some effect on it, but isn't the, the isn't the uh, fairy dust, so to speak. So uh, definitely a lot to, to get to, and uh, we'll get Matt Makoviak's opinion on this as well. He's going to be joining us next segment uh, to talk about the fallout from Mueller's testimony before the before Congress. And, uh, yeah, we want to hear from you as well, 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Just use hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Come on into the Rack Shack's new Egan location and wrap your taste buds around the Patriot Burger. Nick Anderson, General Manager of AM1280 The Patriot, here with Keith Hitner Sr. from the Rack Shack Barbecue. How are you liking that new Egan location? Oh man, Egan is wonderful. We have so much more space and a dynamic center that allows us to better serve our in-store customer as well as our catering clients. You know, Keith, our listeners love the Patriot Burger almost as much as the Patriot. It's a brisket and chuck half-pound burger that's red, white, and blue through and through, American cheese on top, and the American flag proudly flies out of the top of the bun. The Patriot Burger comes with your choice of any of our sides, like our famous hand-cut fries, all just for $12.80. Get it? $12.80? Best burger in the USA. You really have to try it today at the Rack Shack Barbecue's new Egan location. We're just a mile east of Cedar Avenue on Cliff Road in the heart of Cedar Cliff Center. You'll love our new digs. Come and see us today, or join us at RackShackBarbecue.com. Rack Shack Barbecue, oh, oh, oh. I remember when we found out we were expecting you and we were so surprised. You were? Yep, but then we heard your heartbeat and knew you were going to change our lives. What happened after that? Well, you grew and grew in my tummy. You started kicking, sucking your thumb, and even making a fist. No wonder I was a surprise. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please call one 800 360 or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Or better yet, simply dial pound 250 on your cell phone and say the keyword pro-life. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Pro-Life Across America. 
Hello, I'm Mark Stoneman, president of WNAV Audiovisual. WNAV Audiovisual provides equipment and technicians for events of all sizes, from a handful of people to large ballrooms and convention centers as well. We also provide installation services for churches, schools, and corporations. No matter how many people are at your event, WNAV has the technicians and expertise along with the equipment to make each event successful. Audiovisual services include equipment such as sound systems, microphones, projection systems with screens, laptops, draping, lighting, and all the related equipment, and also web streaming services. So your meeting can go beyond the four walls of your space. WNAV Audiovisual, where your meeting is our business. Please contact us at wnav-video.com. Welcome back, AM twelve eighty, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another segment on the broadcast. It's the closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. Continuing our discussion with uh, Special Counsel Robert Mueller's testimony on Capitol Hill this past week, talking about the Mueller report, which said there was no collusion between the uh, Donald Trump for President campaign and Russia. Nevertheless, the the Democrats uh, subpoenaed him to testify on Capitol Hill to basically try to convey what was actually in the Mueller report, they thought maybe they could trip him up and get some uh, extra ammo to use as uh, uh, to impeach the president uh, was to no avail. And here to talk about that very issue is, of course, our favorite political wonk, Matt Koviak. You can check out his fantastic work, MacOnPoliticsPodcast.com. That's M-A-C-K, MacOnPoliticsPodcast.com, where you can find his regular podcasts as well as his weekly Washington Times column. Uh, Matt, always good to be joined by you. How are you, sir? Do we have Matt McCoviak on the on the uh, on the air? Yeah, we should. Yeah. Okay. Let me try that again. Try it one more time. Okay, Matt, are you with us? I'll try calling him back. Okay. Well, we are. Uh, like I say, Matt uh, wrote at the Washington Times this past week about this uh, uh, very issue, saying Mueller hearing an unmitigated disaster for Democrats. And uh, talking about how Democrats thought maybe they could uh, trip up uh, Robert Mueller. And given uh, that he seemed confused about what was in his actual report, I don't know if that was an unrealistic expectation, but it didn't seem to come to fruition. I think we have Matt on the phone with us right now. Yep, we're good. Hey, Matt, are you with us, sir? And now we just hung up. Now i got to try calling him back again. Hold that's, on. That's just weird. Yeah, that, that's a that's a rather ominous sound, that boing that we just heard. I don't know if you the listeners heard it, but uh, yeah, we are going to... Uh, uh, we are going to get Matt on the uh, on the phone as soon as we uh, possibly can to talk about this. Like I say, that was the subject of his uh, Washington Times column. And uh, Jason, I hear you dialing the phone. I don't know if you want your microphone on while you're uh, <laughs> while you're dialing. So, uh, anyways, uh, technical experts here on this uh, on this broadcast. We apologize for the uh, technical difficulties. I definitely want to get uh, Matt's perspective on this uh, uh, particular hearing and what it means going forward, and if the uh, 20-some candidates for president will continue to uh, beat this particular drum. Uh, do we have Matt on the on the air now? Matt McCoviak, welcome to the Northern Alliance Radio Network. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. How about you? I uh, apologize for the technical difficulties, but uh, we're glad to have you uh, joining the broadcast. So, <laughs> Yeah. 
We appreciate it. Uh, I was talking a little bit, Matt, about your Washington Times column this past week. Uh, you kind of echoed the sentiment of pretty much everybody saying how the Mueller hearing was an unmitigated disaster for Democrats. One of the interesting fallouts from this is it's not so surprising that the Democrats really didn't come up with anything new or as far as any additional ammo to go after President Trump. But uh, were you surprised at all that uh, Special Counsel Mueller himself seemed unfamiliar with some details of the report that uh, contained his name? I mean, did this kind of uh, confirm what people may have suspected, that he was a mere supervisory role and wasn't didn't have intimate uh, dealings with the investigation, Matt McCoviak? Yeah, I mean, I think that was one of the really big takeaways, um, you know, from the entire uh, day, uh, the entire six hours of, of hearings. Um, you know, Mueller really not just personally looked kind of lost and confused much of the hearing, but his just lack of knowledge and lack of familiarity with the report, with a number of the key, you know, individuals and organizations, he apparently didn't know who Fusion GPS was, right. which is just like staggering if that's if that's true. Um so, yes, I, I think that the hearing itself was very bad for Mueller and, in fact, raises lots of questions about who was running the special counsel's office, who wrote the report. Uh, and it honestly, I have, I have not kind of um, personally taken the view that the political giving of some of the lawyers on the team, that that, you know, jeopardized the work of the entire special counsel's office. <clears throat> but if they were empowered and they were the ones writing the report, I think you had one of the lawyers attend Clinton's uh, election night party. Another one represented uh, a Clinton associate in a legal situation. Right. So it does raise questions about those conflicts. And I thought one of the most ridiculous answers Mueller gave was that he doesn't have political bias conversations with people before he hires them, which uh, is amazing to me. I mean, he may he may have confidence in their professional abilities, uh, but you know, conflict of interest and perceived bias is always a, an issue in, in a law enforcement and in a legal context. So <clears throat> I don't – look, I think as I wrote in the column on Thursday, uh, the Democrats missed an opportunity to uh, use Mueller's reluctance and really opposition to testifying at all as a way to get out of this. They had, they had, a, they had the cover to have said, look, Mueller doesn't want to testify. He's not going to go beyond his report. We're not going to learn anything new, so we're just going to stick with the report. Uh, instead, they decided to go through with this charade. They were reading parts of the report to Mueller and asking him if it reflect if, if that was the, in his report. I mean, it was ridiculous mm. uh, theater. That, that, and I, I mean, I watched probably ninety percent of the six hours. I'm not sure I learned one new fact. Not one new fact in six hours. So, look, their plan was let's bring Mueller forward. Um, let's use that to to focus the attention of the nation. Move public opinion in our direction. And then an impeachment brush fire will start over the August recess, and it'll build to a point where we can begin an, an impeachment proceeding when we come back. Literally the opposite happened. Uh, this thing landed with a thud, made no difference, uh, made it actually harder to begin an actual proceeding and get to an impeachment vote. Uh, and I actually think impeachment's dead now. I really don't see a way for them to move forward. Um, they're they're going to continue to try to get access to documents, uh, access to grand jury material, access to witnesses, and perhaps if that leads anywhere to some new facts, maybe they could uh, go back to impeachment. But this hearing was a real disaster for them. Uh, there's no way, there's no other way to look at it, uh, and it was bad for Mueller personally and professionally as well. Uh, just a couple of minutes uh, in this segment with uh, Matt McCoviak. Uh, Matt, I don't know if you had the opportunity to read uh, Andrew McCarthy's two-part series at National Review 
over the weekend. But one thing, one of the things I found very interesting is the Democrats and were trying to leverage the fact that, uh, uh, or and I don't know if it was a misdirection attempt or what, where it said the Office of Legal Counsel was unable to indict a sitting president, and that's why they were not even going to make a decision on whether uh, President Trump obstructed justice, which Andy McCarthy makes a point that's incredibly misleading because while a sitting president can't be indicted, he certainly can be once he leaves office. So that doesn't necessarily preclude them of bringing a recommendation to the attorney general saying, yes, there was obstruction, but obviously there's nothing we can do to address it now. We'd have to wait a year and a half or if President Trump is reelected five and a half Mm. years. That's something that seemed to be lost uh, on a lot of folks in the public and a a deliberate misdirection attempt by the Democrats, Matt McCoviak. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. I had not thought of, um, you know, um, it's it's interesting. And I, you know, the other thing that's interesting to me is uh, they want to continue to say, oh, Trump and his team, you know, welcomed help from Russia, took help from Russia, et cetera. There's a problem with that. And the problem is that uh, the Mueller report specifically said that, the, that Trump and his campaign did not uh, conspire with Russia at all. Mm-hmm. That there was no evidence of conspiracy between Russia, between Trump and his campaign and Russia. So, I mean, if you want to make the case that what he said about WikiLeaks or you know Roger Stone trading direct messages with WikiLeaks, if you want to make the case that that's that that meets a threshold, the problem is Mueller disagrees mm-hmm. and his report disagrees with that. Right. But you do bring up a good point, and honestly, I was shocked when I think it was Ted Lieu in the morning hearing asked about the OLC uh, position, yes. and, Mueller, and Mueller appeared to be saying, you know, uh, we didn't uh, indict on obstruction because uh, of the OLC position. Uh, then in the afternoon, he cleared that up right. and made clear, no, that was not the reason why. So, and of course, the House Judiciary Committee uh, Chairman uh, Nadler from New York is, is being deliberately misleading, uh, pointing to that morning session, but, but, you know, not admitting really that the afternoon session occurred. So that is an interesting point. Look, it is not, uh, you know, prosecutors are not in the business of exonerating people. They're in the business of considering evidence, you know, conducting interviews, <clears throat> bringing evidence before a grand jury, and seeking indictments. Once again, um, we are joined. So, yeah. Sorry, Matt, we got one of those hard breaks. Yeah. Uh, can you hang on for another segment with sure. us? Yeah. Matt McCoviak, Political Wonk. I'll be back with another segment. Continue this discussion and more right here on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. Back with another segment coming up in the broadcast. Go nowhere. There are many perks to being a member of the Freedom Fan Club. Join this month and you can register to win a signed copy of Soaring to Glory. Incredible first-hand accounts from the Tuskegee Airmen and their heroism in the face of discrimination. Join today at am1280thepatriot.com. Our Freedom Fan Club is brought to you by Lucky's Stations and their nine metro locations. Visit them at luckystations.com. American 
Do you have a pressure washer in your shop that takes diesel fuel or kerosene? Are you tired of filling that tank every day? A stationary pressure washer that heats the water with natural gas or electricity from American Pressure is a great solution. Call us to discover all the ways a new stationary machine could benefit your business. We are always glad to come out to you, look at your current setup, and make recommendations. That new stationary unit will hook up to your existing natural gas line, which will save you both the cost of fuel as well as the time and effort and mess of refueling a pressure washer. The pressure washer will exhaust through the roof of your building or out the sidewall. And if it's an all-electric unit, there will be no exhaust stack at all. In addition, we've got all the right accessories to go with your machine, including trolley systems, hose reels, wands, trigger guns, and everything you need to make the cleaning job as easy and safe as it can be. Social Security is with you through life's journey. Get to know us at socialsecurity.gov. We are there, day one, with baby names and a gift that lasts a lifetime. We are there as you grow, protecting you and those you love. We are there when you get your first job, helping you to save for the future. We are there when you marry your sweetheart to help secure your new life together. We are there if the unexpected happens, to help you see life from a new perspective. We are there when you start your next chapter to make sure you get off to a great start. And we are there when you lose your soulmate to help make sure you will be all right. We are with you through life's journey, Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. Get to know us and see what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Join Gene Sullivan each week on Where You Live, where he takes on... Uh, Gene, who do you take on anyway? Maniacal landlords, slippery renters, overbearing HOA boards, demanding homeowners. Oh, and the legislative lunacy brought on by local politicians wanting to fix everything for us. It's a common sense perspective on the news and stories that affect you the most right where you live. Join Gene Sullivan every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on AM 1280 The Patriot. Welcome back, Game 20 to the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks for tuning in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show, for any comments or questions on any of the topics we discuss. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. Now, continuing our discussion with political wonk Matt Makoviak, talking about the fallout from Special Counsel Robert Mueller's testimony before Congress this past week. Um, Matt, the last segment you were kind of leading, uh, leaving off with uh, how the report effect, uh, effectively said, and they went out of their way to essentially say it, we're not exonerating President Trump from wrongdoing, which many, even non I mean, people who don't have legal chops realize how ridiculous that is. If someone can't be proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt, then by default— they're innocent, and that uh, due process is extended even to the president of the United States. So this idea that, well, we can't exonerate uh, uh, President Trump from wrongdoing just seemed like an, an extra effort to kind of give a wink and a nudge to the Democrats. Hey, we can't necessarily exonerate him. I mean, just a, just a pathetic display. Yeah, it really was. And, and that's, that, you know, it continues to go to, you know, the argument I think that Trump and his legal team have been making, which is something doesn't smell right here. Um, you know, they're, they're going to, to such lengths and, and using such, 
sort of um, adjacent arguments um, that it, it, it's, it's just puzzling. Uh, it's absolutely puzzling. And now they're trying to hang their hat on obstruction. Um, well, you know, and I understand you can obstruct, uh, you can obstruct justice without there being a crime. Um, but on the other hand, you have to really prove there was, you know, corrupt intent. You have to improve there was harm done. Um, you know, Mueller said under oath that his investigation was not impeded in any way. Um, and, you know, Trump saying he wants to fire someone and actually firing someone are different things. And, of course, there's the Article Two power of firing anyone in government right. uh, that, that Trump has. So I just um, – this is – the Dems are playing a losing hand badly is basically, I think, the, the point here. Um, and now they're going to be sort of half pregnant on impeachment. They want to get access to grand jury materials, so they're trying to say, yeah, we're kind of in the early stages of an impeachment proceeding, but they don't want to say they've begun impeachment because, you know, they got 31 Democratic members who won election in Trump districts, and those those members do not want to do this. Remember, when there was a test vote on impeachment with this Al Green Amendment um, two weeks ago, it got 95 votes. Right. I think there are around 100 or so Democrats right now that, that support it. Yeah, and, and, and obviously there are still some of uh, the Democrat presidential candidates that are going to go down with a ship on this one, namely Elizabeth Warren. I think even in the aftermath of the Mueller testimony, she was still saying we need to, to bring it forward. Are there any other prominent Democrat presidential candidates that you know of, Matt, that are still uh, beating the drum on this one? Um, you know, it, it, it's interesting because I don't think many of them are focusing on it. Uh, I think they're sort of being asked questions about it. And obviously on days when it's, it's in the news, they may feel more of a need to, to talk about it. But my, my, my understanding is most of the you know, first and even second-tier candidates support impeachment. Mm. You've got to remember, they're going after the, the, you know, the vote that's on the left, not the vote that's really in the middle. And yep. so most of the voters who are on the left do support impeachment. They support all kinds of things uh, as it relates to Trump. So uh, to me, you know, the amazing thing about this is that the Democrats are not getting any traction whatsoever for what they're trying to achieve in Congress. I mean, their entire two-year congressional term is going to be wasted. Uh, they could point to bills they passed. Those bills are going nowhere in the Senate. The, Demo the House Democrats know that. So they're not making any real difference. It just kind of makes you wonder. I mean, the cost of these impeachment efforts and, the, and efforts and the constant harassment of Trump and his administration, the cost of that is that, that they're not getting, you know, really any mileage anywhere else. And so it just kind of makes you wonder, what is the point of a Democrats controlling Congress if they're going to, as I said before, play a weekend hand badly and continue to double down, which, which is exactly what they're doing. Once again, we are joined by uh, Matt Mikowiak, our favorite uh, political wonk, who joins us uh, every month or two here on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Again, check out his fine work. Mac on politicspodcast.com. That's M A C K, Mac on politicspodcast.com. Matt, I did want to switch gears a little bit. I didn't uh, necessarily plan to talk about this at the outset of the show, but I did see one of your social media posts yesterday and it's a you know it's something that uh, raises concerns here because we have in right in the city of St. Paul as well as the city of Minneapolis some high profile homeless encampments that are taking yeah. place and I want to talk specifically about the homeless camping ordinance that is taking place right in your home city of Austin, Texas specifically where uh maybe kind of shed some insight on this uh they're not charging uh, a crime of people who want to set up an encampment on city sidewalks is that uh, basically the gist of it yeah, it's it's amazing, and I realize this is a, a local issue, um, but it's it's one that's not unique to Austin. It's one that unfortunately has failed in cities like Los Angeles and Seattle and San Francisco and Honolulu, uh, and for whatever reason, our uber liberal city council and mayor here in Austin have decided to pursue it. 
and it's it's already been a disaster. It took effect July first. Uh, we're seeing we're, this is not a you know they're they're trying to make the arguments about quote decriminalizing homeless existence. Okay, you know you know on a certain level I I understand that. I mean a person you know walking around homeless shouldn't be you know charged with a crime unless sure. they're they're violent or they're affecting someone else. Uh, on the other hand, I mean you're literally this is not about people sleeping on park benches. They're literally setting up you know tents. Uh, and I'm not talking about in parks or way out, way out, you know, from the main area of the city. I mean, they're doing it, you know, in, in broad, in broad daylight downtown, next to hotels, uh, you know, on on the edge of bridges that connect, you know, major streets. Um, I mean, it is it is becoming a huge problem. And of course, you know, those homeless people are creating human waste when they're sleeping somewhere, um, and that raises the question: Well, where does that waste go, and what does it mean for public health? What does all this mean for public safety? What does it mean for tourism? So, yeah, I started a petition. I'm really just focusing on Austin, Texas, and Central Texas sure. residents. But we've got 17,000 people who've signed the petition in, in about two, 10 days or so with no advertising whatsoever. So this is all building towards a city council meeting on August 8th, and we're going to try to you know, get them to overturn this. And if they don't, we're going to take uh, more aggressive steps because this is, this is really um, harming Austin. It's harming our way of life, our standard of living. This is not what the city's about. It's a terrible policy, and it's already you know, been, been disastrous for the city just in, in about one month. And I've seen some of the social media posts, and maybe it's because you've linked to them, or be, maybe I've clicked on a hashtag or something along those lines, but where you literally see people setting up an encampment on sidewalks that are just in front of somebody's lawn, and then uh, obviously just on the back of the lawn is, is their home, their actual home, and they call police saying, look, there are these people on these sidewalks camping out, and you know, like you say, uh, so, some horrifying things like, you know, creating human waste right there in the, on the sidewalk. And, and there have been some reports where police say, well, that's city property, according to the new ordinance there within their, uh, that's not technically not a crime to be right there on the sidewalks. I mean, that, that, that's just a horrifying picture to see. And I think you posted, yeah, in fact, it was you, yesterday you shared an Instagram post where someone was, I, you know, sorry to get graphic, literally defecating right on a city sidewalk. It's It's horrifying. Yeah, and again, this is not like out in the boonies, you know, where no one lives. I mean, this was it. This is, if I remember, this was down. This is right downtown. Kind of, the, people would be driving by, people would be walking by. Uh, our, you know, downtown Austin is booming. Um, it's a, it's, it's the economic engine of the Austin area. We, have, our skyline has has changed almost, you know, overnight. Uh, we have major hotels coming in, major condo buildings, major commercial real estate. Developments. Austin's now the 11th largest city in the country. We have an MLS team, Major League Soccer team, starting to play um, next season. So there's a lot going on, you know. And this 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 policy, you know, is people are so shocked. I've lived in Austin since 1984. I had nine, nine years where I lived in D.C. after college, but I've spent most of my life in Austin. I've never seen an issue where there has been urgent, intense opposition. And it is not about Republicans. It is about everyone. It is touching all of our neighborhoods. It is not. A, it's not a partisan or, or a ideological, you know, issue. People cannot understand how someone on city council or how the mayor could think this was a good idea. Um, and in fact, the mayor wrote a, a guest column in the Austin paper about a week ago, saying, "Well, if you can't criticize the policy unless you are personally housing a homeless person." That was, that was literally the gist of his wow. op-ed. As if the answer is, you know. Um, I mean, honestly, the people, I mean, if you want to even take that argument for a second, the argument ought to be, well, the people who support this policy ought to be housing homeless people. But the answer is not individual people housing homeless individuals. Uh, the city needs to provide you know, adequate shelters. They need to obviously be identifying people who need mental health treatment and drug and alcohol abuse treatment. Everyone else needs to be on a path to work and a path to self-sufficiency. 
Um, and we should see our, our homeless population decreasing. Unfortunately, this policy is going to lead to our homeless population increasing. You know, there's a, there's a documentary that's, that's gotten a lot of attention, at least down here recently, uh, but it's gotten some attention previously as well, called Seattle is Dying. Mm. And it's, it's about the, the policies that Seattle put in place and what a disaster it had been for that community. Um, and, and crazy enough, as, as soon as, as they voted on this, our, our mayor decided to go to Los Angeles and Seattle and see for himself uh, you know, he wanted to look look at those cities. I mean, I wish he'd gone there first. I wish he'd gone there before yeah, right. they decided to take this step because we could have perhaps avoided all of this. Well, definitely best of luck to you and your fellow constituents down in Austin, Matt. Like you say, it sounds like it's got a lot of momentum to hopefully get this overturned or mitigate some of the serious issues that are certainly taking place. Again, we've been uh, honored to be joined by Matt McCoviak, Political Walk. Check out his fantastic work, MacOnPoliticsPodcast.com. That's M-A-C-K. MacOnPoliticsPodcast.com. You can catch his weekly Washington Times columns as well as some heavy-hitting guests he's had on the on the podcast for over the last month or so. Uh, uh, renowned author Brad Thor, U.S. Representative Chip Roy, uh, conservative, uh, longtime uh, conservative writer uh, George F. Will. Uh, fantastic stuff, which tells me I've got some podcasts to catch up on myself, that is for certain. Uh, Matt, we always uh, appreciate your time, sir. Thank you so much, and uh, we will definitely uh, be in touch down the road here. Sounds good. Take care. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. One final segment coming up this hour. Go nowhere. AM 1280, The Patriot. Baseball season is in full swing. It's a good thing Matt secured his denture with Super Polygrip. Now he can enjoy the snacks as much as the game. Polygrip. It's that time of year when the family meets up. Hi, come on. Get together, guys. Family photo. It's a good thing Jack cleans his denture with Polydent so he can enjoy the whole day with confidence. Polydent. We're surrounded by noise, bombarded by information, messages struggling to get attention, so many choices and ways to reach customers. Your message needs to cut through and stand out. Today's technology can do that, but you need the resources and know-how to make it all work. You need Salem Surround. With all the digital marketing tools available and necessary to compete in today's business world, you need to know how to use all the options efficiently. Our team at Salem Surround has the expertise to manage all your digital marketing under one roof. We know digital marketing and how to deliver customers so you can run your business. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and some great ideas to increase your online visibility and revenue. For no limitations on how and where you can reach customers, there's Salem Surround, total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more at surroundmsp.com. Surroundmsp.com. Connecting you with new customers. I'm Staff Sergeant Mark Anthony I'm Madrid. Staff Sergeant Smith Akal. Staff Sergeant I'm Alex. Staff Stevens. Sergeant William Lewis, and I am proud to defend my family and our nation. The Air Force Reserve is part of the story of this great nation. I'm grateful that I have a chance to wear the uniform of the heroes that went before me. I'm proud to be part of a team that helps make a difference in the world. Every day, men and women from communities across this nation serve as reserve citizen airmen. Even as technology evolves and changes, our commitment to defend and protect this nation remains steadfast. We celebrate those who have served and those who are proudly serving. We celebrate our proud history and look towards an exciting and uniting future. Our mission is to fly, fight, and win. 
in air, space, and cyberspace. And I'm proud to be a member. And I'm proud to serve in the United States. And I am proud to protect our country. Proud to serve in the U.S. Air Force Reserve. AFreserve.com. Get that rack shack attack, rack shack barbecue. To do you right, we take time for a barbecue flavor that will blow your mind. Get that rack shack attack, oh, rack shack barbecue. Make fresh daily cater to you. Homemade sauces, secret rubs too. It's America's food and the right thing to do. Get that rack shack attack, rack shack barbecue. Oh, Sunshine, go away today. I don't feel much like dancing. Welcome back, AM twelve eighty, the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with the final segment this hour. It's me, Brad Carlson, the closer, closing out this weekend's edition of Northern Alliance Radio Network programming. You can check my friend and colleague King Banyan on our sister station, AM fourteen forty, the Businessman. It is the King Banyan Show, Saturdays from 9 to 11 a.m. And my friend and colleague Mitch Berg on these very airways, AM 1280 The Patriot, Saturdays 1 to 3 p.m. He is the headliner edition of the NAR, and I am the closer, closing out weekends Sundays 1 to 3. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Here to take your calls at 651-289-4488. Feel free to weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NARNshow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N show for any comments or questions. And feel free to like us on Facebook. Just do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Find us there. Give us a like and uh, follow along and everything we've got planned for the shows in the future. Uh, I do do. Uh, by the way, just as an aside, I didn't get a chance to talk to Matt about this because we ran out of time. But uh, he was at NRG Stadium last night uh, to see the Rolling Stones. Oh, cool. In concert. Yeah, he... I tell you, if you if you follow Matt on social media, I mean, the guy gets all over the country doing going to these cool sporting events. He's a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, so he's a lot, had a lot of Steelers home games. Okay. Uh, he's constantly going to the big games that uh, the University of Texas is involved sure. in, whether it's football or basketball. And well, it's funny because after the Mueller testimony and he wrote about it, I said I'm going to see if I can get Matt on the show Sunday. So I texted him last week and I said, Matt, can you come on the show Sunday to talk about uh, the Mueller testimony? And he says, uh, I think I can make it work. What time are you thinking? I says. Uh, how about about two uh, two fifteen? He says, "Oh no, sorry, I'm uh, I'm going to be on M- MSNBC talking about it." Uh, uh, oh, uh, okay. Uh, is that a humble brag? Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's how big a deal he is. Ah, I'm going to yeah. be on MSNBC. Uh, oh well, uh, how about one o'clock? Yeah, that should be fun. And so. we thank him for taking some time out of a weekend to <laughs> deal with a tiny little AM twelve eighty of the page. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's 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 you know because he is on a lot of these national networks. He he gets yeah. a lot of airtime on MSNBC. He's kind of their um, uh, favorite Republican because Matt's not, you know, he's obviously very right of center in his ideology, and but he's not antagonistic. And some, you know, uh, Republicans, if they go on MSNBC, can be antagonistic. Same with leftists when they go on Fox News. It's right. a very adversarial, antagonistic. And Matt is, you know, very uh, uh, passionate about his beliefs, but, uh, you know, he's not, not a jerk about them. So, right. um, but. We here in the <coughs> right wing echo chambers are called. We 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 like uh, we like that too. Yeah, we so. like him. Yeah, and Rolling Stones live, man. You think Mick Jagger still's got it? Uh, he sure looked like it. J.J. Watt, of course, uh-huh, right. uh, was down at the concert and he took a photo op with Mick. It's like he's seventy six. Yeah, it's amazing, and he just had heart surgery. But if you're packing seventy thousand plus seat stadiums and you're seventy six, you're going to keep going until you can't. 
Yeah, it's it's just that a, money's too good. Yeah, I I just was hoping someone would get a photograph of Keith Richards. I want to see how that guy is preserved because my God, I mean he's looked in rough shape for thirty years. Yeah, and just nothing phases the guy. They it's, probably just throw him in the freezer and you know take him I out guess. whenever he's ready to go, nuke him, and then he's ready to go. I yeah. So, uh, anyways, yeah, Matt has uh, quite the life that is for sure. If you're on Instagram, uh, you know, definitely follow along. I know he posts some stuff from there as. As well, uh, I did want to get to this one story. We've got about five minutes left uh, in this uh, particular, uh, in this first hour. Did you hear about, uh, apparently, there was a photo of a feminist getting naked in front of young boys at an art exhibit? I don't know if you heard about this or not. No, I did not. Uh, Go on. Amanda Amanda Prestigiacomo, easy for me to say, at the Daily Wire, uh, talked about the story uh, earlier this week, a photo of a naked woman disrobing in front of three young boys in an art museum went viral on social media. The photo was taken during an interactive art exhibit three weeks ago in Estonia, according to the video apparently posted by the feminist artist herself, uh, Mare Tralla. Uh, oh, easy for me to say again mm-hmm. as well. Uh, There was also a screenshot of the post where she's disrobing wearing nothing but black and yellow sandals in front of young boys. Did she have, like, body paint on her? No. No, just straight up, huh? So Hmm. on Vimeo, uh, there's a video of the full interactive exhibit, which lasts about eight and a half minutes. In front of an audience, Trala strips naked, save for a pair of yellow and black sandals, and proceeds to walk into another room to cover up sexist images from famed Estonian artist uh, Marco Matem. A lot of these unpronounceable names for me. So an account under uh, Trala's name posted the following description of the video. During the action, no but can be used as an excuse for sexism. Artist Mare Trala covers up paintings and drawings by a well-known Estonian male artist. The paintings depict sexist, sexist imagery of women. The, trogans, uh, the slogans of Trala's cover-up read, but he did not mean it this way, cannot be used as an excuse for sexism. But he is a nice guy, cannot be used as an excuse for sexism. But he smiles always, cannot be used as an excuse for sexism. But this is humor, cannot be used as an excuse for sexism. But he loves his wife, cannot be used as an excuse for sexism. But he talks with a soft voice, cannot be used as an excuse for sexism. While some defended the interaction as acceptable art, many criticized the showing as child abuse and pointed out that defenders of the exhibit would likely have a different reaction if it were a man disrobing in front of young girls. That is that wrong? I don't think that's wrong. I, I think absolutely. If there was a man who took that same attitude saying, oh, there's some feminists uh, put together these paintings and uh, I'm going to show the hypocrisy about that. I'm going to disrobe in front of a bunch of young girls. Right. Can you imagine the outrage over that? Uh, and rightly so. Right. It's just that's not a realistic situation, though, just because of. Uh, no, I know. I, I, I agree with you. No, I no, agree with right. you. It's just you're that right. people aren't going to interpret it that way, if you know what I mean. Um, I do have a question about this, though. So, like, were these kids by chance and just in the wrong place at the wrong time? And like, because you said it was like a what, an eight minute exhibit where she's doing this or something like that? There was an interactive exhibit. I guess these kids, I don't know if they were part of a field trip or, okay. or what it was. It, um uh, doesn't really say in this story. Interesting, but because I'm just trying to wonder, like, because uh, I'm, I'm assuming there w- she had an audience, and you know, I guess in an art exhibit you can't really um, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't maintain oh, no maintain order is not the right word, but just you can't 
I guess, maybe put age limits on certain exhibits or something like that. Maybe that's something they should have done here. I'm guessing these kids just kind of wandered in, and lo and behold, there's there's this naked woman, apparently. I mean, granted, it's also Europe. They're a little bit more free about these kinds of things, too. Well, there was, uh, uh, I mean, obviously several reactions throughout social media. Uh, There was one that uh, highlighted the reaction of the boys in the photo and said that such absurd feminist actions impressed on them that will only turn them into uh, future right-wingers. Mott, here's a quote from uh, Rita uh, Panahi. Modern feminism inadvertently creating a new generation of conservative voters. Uh, uh, Dave Rubin, who is a uh, uh, more of a uh, cultural conservative now, he used to be far leftist, and he kind of made a political transformation in the conservative side within the past couple years or so, and is also a gay man himself. He uh, he had one of the more hilarious reactions when he saw that. He said, I just became 37% more gay after seeing <laughs> that. <laughs> That's funny. I don't know how he quantifies 37%, but uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah but th- this is just, this is just, this is where we're at right now. Strange. And, and, we're, and we're seeing this with like young boys, nine or 10, who want to dress up in drag and being exposed to drag queens wearing nothing but strategically placed cloths yeah use your imagination or, or don't if you if you prefer not to i, I totally get it but th- this is where we are right now this can't be where we are as a culture to allow young people to be exposed to this kind of thing young kids to be exposed to this kind of thing now i wonder if there was like a parental warning or something like that before entering that particular exhibit saying hey you might vague. see some yeah. stuff here which again i'm just wondering if these kids just kind of wandered into this exhibit because it's just is it just these three kids that are being highlighted or were there like any other underage people look like about ten? three or four young boys uh okay I, again, I don't know if it was part of a field trip or what the deal is. It's just is, a but... strange exhibit to begin with. I just, I don't really understand if that's a yeah. decent mess. I just, I don't get it. I <laughs> maybe don't that's my fault. Maybe I'm just ignorant in this regard. I just don't understand. Maybe I don't. But this, in this case, I'm just very, very confused. This can't be where we are as a culture, but sadly, it seems like we're, the momentum is uh, getting towards it. That's for certain. Okay. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two coming back in mere moments right here. AM 1280, The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back in a few. Message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head? Comb it over? Wear a hat? Just stop. This isn't 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration expert, can give you your real natural hair back permanently. They're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to everyone who texts SAVE22 to 85850. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. You wash it. You cut it. It's your own real, naturally growing hair. And the best part, Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let them show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text SAVE22 to 85850. That's S-A-V-E-22 to 85850. All month long, we're giving away 1K a day here on AM 1280 The Patriot. Each weekday, there'll be four keywords on air, plus a bonus keyword on our Facebook page. When you hear the keyword, enter it at am1280thepatriot.com. You get an additional chance to win for every keyword you enter. So listen close each weekday at 8 a.m., 2.30 p.m., 5.30 p.m., and 8 p.m. to collect the keywords and win some cool cash from The Patriot. 
This is Albert Moeller for townhall.com. On the issue of abortion, the United States is an outlier on the world stage, even when it comes to the notoriously liberal countries of Western Europe. This point was recently illustrated in an article in the New York Times. The headline, German doctors fined for abortion ad. Doctors there may list professionally that they perform abortions, but they may not positively advertise how they do the procedure, nor can they advertise in a commercial context. One sentence in the article demands our attention. Abortion is legal in Germany through the first 12 weeks of a pregnancy. 12 weeks? Remember, in the state of New York, that number was increased by all moral effects to 40 weeks. 40 weeks of a pregnancy. What we need to note here is that the United States is a genuine outlier. It became an outlier in 1973 in the Roe v. Wade decision. It's even more an outlier now. I'm Albert Moeller. The Pepperdine School of Public Policy. Impacting policy decisions today. Preparing public leaders for tomorrow. Is your water softener slacking off? Are you lugging more bags of salt, yet your water just doesn't feel soft? Call Benjamin Franklin Plumbing now for a water softener efficiency checkup. For just $33, Benjamin Franklin will give you peace of mind to make sure it's performing correctly. If it's beyond repair, you'll save $200 on Benjamin Franklin's installation of a new water softener. Call Benjamin Franklin Plumbing today. Ben Franklin, the punctual plumber and your water softener experts. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.